Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to today's episode of Conspiranormal, featuring your host, Adam Sane. That's right. Co-host, Luke Reed. Today, I want to be Pepito Alvarez. Okay. What's up, Pepito? How you doing? Nothing, much. I missed you, man. <laughs> We've missed you, Pepito, the last two weeks. Man, it's, hot. it's hot outside. I know, man. <laughs> And then you've got me, the man who finally decided to come out of this cave. That's right, that's right. The guy who, who's over there selling, selling some pizzas. Yep, selling pizzas is all I selling do anymore. Selling pizzas to the masses. Slanging dough. So, uh... And forgetting to turn hey, my phone on. Yeah. get mad because Chris got that tomato paste. <laughs> Pizza boy up in this So, home. Luke, seriously, missed you the last two weeks, the, the last two times. Bro. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, Adam. Yeah. And then everybody else missed you too. That's why we got like no, you know, five hundred downloads on yeah. the last show. Exactly. The show <laughs> the show that I don't have my like ignorant voice on. Oh, oh yeah, dude. Oh. Ignorant stoner guy over here, co host. Oh, really? But now it's gonna spike up, man. This show's gonna get like a thousand in like two days. You sure about that? <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna exponentially double. I was thinking more like twenty five. <laughs> Anyway, we did have a great interview with the Tennessee Wraith Chasers and also with the Seekers. Word. Mirage and Shay. Which actually did they actually did a pretty good job. I, I, I was sug- actually really impressed. I suggested to them at first and, and Adam was there, uh, that they should be I tried to combine the word oracles with the word girls. It's called them aura girls. Yeah, I don't think that really would work. No, it didn't it didn't really have a, a good uh Ring to it. Well, I was thinking. Girls, I was thinking of. I was thinking of Shay and Mirage. Just and take the first two letters. Sh- Shiraj. 
S and M. Oh, yeah, no, no, okay. But nobody would take it. So Continue. They, they, so they decided. They decided on the Seekers P S Y K E R S. Anyway, Chris, how the hell are you? All right, it's man. good to see you. All right, I uh, <laughs> man, busy, busy, busy lately. You know how it goes. Yeah, you you slipping pizzas to the to the masses out there in Lebanon. Man, I worked twenty days straight at one point, and I don't know if you've ever done that before. But it's probably the most not fun experience of your life. That's the life of a Pizza Hut manager, man. Yeah, well, you know, when you have a when you have a manager quit on you with three days notice, it kind of puts you in a little bit of a bind. Luke's been protecting uh, hallowed grounds. He's been uh, he's been protecting, serving, and, protect. and, and protecting in a, a, a water a local water park. I'm ready to die it's for amazing. this job. <laughs> Luke serving and protecting things, folks. It is official. Nobody is safe. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty. It's, it's, it's true. <laughs> I sleep like half of my shift. It's pretty scary. Yeah, you just sleep and like you drive around for a couple hours. And I look for meth heads. Yeah, he he actually does have another real job. So yeah. you know, we're just we're just giving, working for the finest guitar it. manufacturer in the world. Yeah. Pretty phone off, Chris. That wasn't me. That was Luke. <laughs> My phone's yeah, everybody's, everybody's, got, everybody's got droids in here. Well, anyway, uh, tonight we're going to have on Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And I'm uh, real excited about this show. Uh, just read her book, The Gin Connection. Just finished it this morning. And uh, it is a great book. Talking about the uh, the gin. That's spelled D-J-I-N-N. And that is a uh, spiritual being that is supposedly, according to Islamic lore supposedly neither angel or human something in between so got her coming on to talk about some of the connections with uh, fairy lore and um, also men in black and alien abductions and so I think it'll be an interesting show Worse, we'll have you back on have you both back on yeah. is, uh, is, is Will Smith going to be a special guest too because you mentioned the men in black well you never know Chris <laughs> he might show up I'm sure that Will Smith is going to call in and speak of Spirit Normal. <laughs> Direct yeah. from L.A. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Stranger things have happened. We'll just receive him on our landline phone. That's right. He's on a he's on a film shoot. <laughs> he's going to Skype us. Over. He's going to Skype us. That's, that's what's going to happen there. He'll be like, yo, this is Will Smith. Getting jiggy with it. Na, 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 na. <laughs> well, we're all in a plucky mood tonight. Oh, but yep. anyway, we're gonna have her on, and we're gonna sit by, and I'm and I'm gonna try not to talk about Nephilim or reptilians. I feel like that's been beaten to death. Even <laughs> though that's in the book, we'll try not to talk about it. So we it's we still gotta do a reptilian episode with my mom. You need to get your mom on here. <laughs> like, tell us the whole history of of everything. History of the reptilians, according to Luke's mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Without further ado, guys, let's uh, let's go to the interview. We're calling about a few minutes, and uh, we'll be right back on Conspiracy Normal. Woohoo! All right, we are back on Conspiracy Normal. It's your host Adam Sane. If you y'all didn't know, <laughs> and uh, Luke, yes, is here. Yes, as everybody knows, Chris is here. Yes, I am. The gang Chris, is all here. Special guest, Chris. All right, and we have uh, on the line uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and. Uh, she has written a book, as we said in the intro, called The Gin Connection. And uh, it is very interesting, uh, very frightening, and just uh, all-around great book. And I'm happy to have her on. 
she's someone that I've listened to uh, on many shows like Coast to Coast uh, quite a lot. She's like a, a real uh, stalwart of the uh, paranormal world. She's been doing things in the paranormal field since the 1980s. And I uh, just want to bring her on. Uh, Rosemary, welcome to Conspira Normal. Thank you very much, Adam. And uh, Chris and Luke, it's a pleasure to be with you all. Excellent. Same here. Pleasure to have you. Uh, I just wanted to get started. Uh, if some of the uh, of our listeners may not know who you are, could you kind of go uh, over who you are and uh, what it is that you do? Uh, I'm a paranormal researcher, investigator, and author. And I've been working in the field full-time since 1983. I've had a passion for these topics since I was a kid, like uh, a lot of people who are very involved in this field. And um, my work encompasses all aspects, the light and the dark, the paranormal, the metaphysical, the mystical, the occult, uh, ufology, cryptozoology. All of these things are interconnected. And uh, I, over the course of time, I've written over 50 books on almost every topic you can think of. And uh, maybe not an individual book on a topic, but uh, somewhere in my nine encyclopedias, I've probably hit just about every topic there is. And uh, I love the work. It's uh, interesting. It's ever unfolding. You know, there's always another side to the mystery that opens up. Just when you think you've... Uh, learned everything you can possibly learn. There's always something new that opens up. And I think it's very important for us to pay attention to the paranormal, to our experiences, and to uh, integrate them into our worldviews of who we are and what we're doing. Excellent. And so you have a book out uh, called The Gin Connection, and uh, it's all about the gin, and that's spelled DJ. INN for the listeners. And uh, just to start out, you know, get right into it. What what are what are the jinn? The jinn are a race of beings. They are by our definition supernatural because they don't have uh, physical form like we do. But they live literally on the earth in a parallel dimension. And so we don't see them most of the time, but we have plenty of interactions with them in our paranormal encounters. Uh, they are capable of coming into this reality and shape-shifting into a variety of forms. In fact, in all of the lore that has been discussed and uh, written about them over centuries, they are probably the master shape-shifters of them all. And uh, over the course of time, in my research in the paranormal, uh, I've looked at a variety of entities that we have encounters with. You know, there are lots of UFO-related aliens. Uh, there are reptilians. There are fairies. There are lots of demons. There are angels. Um, quite a, uh, a lot of, of entities come across uh, our encounter um, phenomena. And... No one really talks about the jinn very much in our culture, and not because they're not here, uh, not because they don't exist. We just simply don't know about them because we never really integrated a lot of information about them. In fact, the only way we know about them is as the genie in the bottle through yeah. the old Arabian mm -hmm. folk tales. 
genie is a corruption of the word jinn, which means the hidden ones. These entities are quite real, and uh, even though they are more familiar to other people around the planet, uh, that doesn't mean that they're not everywhere. All of these entities we encounter, they are everywhere. We find descriptions of them in all mythologies and folklore and, and personal experience. Well, some years ago, and this is how I got started on the jinn, uh, okay. and I already knew about them through my research. Uh, years ago, there wasn't a whole lot published about them in English. and uh, But yet, you know, I, I knew about them, especially through my research and uh, magic and sorcery and, uh, you know, spirit summoning. But uh, I started doing a lot of negative haunting cases, and I would get cases that nobody else wanted to deal with. Uh, and I started doing a lot of research on them. Uh, I call them now persistent negative hauntings, because these are the cases that have something uh, very troubling uh, to people. It's ongoing. Uh, sometimes they're very intense cases, and they resist resolution. That is, uh, any number of solutions uh, and remedies can be applied, and nothing seems to stick. Uh, so um, it was puzzling me what was going on in these cases. And um, are all of these troubling entities, are they all demons? Could they be something else? And uh, in the course of putting um, ideas uh, together from my research, I realized the picture that emerged for me was that uh, the jinn are involved in probably a lot of these cases. There are no absolutes in the paranormal. You know, it's not a neat little pie chart. We can't mm -hmm. um, give exact percentages and, you know, things like that. Right. But I would say that most of our persistent negative hauntings involve the jinn. And so from that, um, that standpoint, then I began reevaluating a lot of my cases, talking to other researchers, people like John Zappas, and, uh, uh, who are in the demonology field, about their, uh, their hard cases as well. And a picture emerged that was very consistent in terms of the what seemed to be the personalities of the uh, entities causing the problems, uh, the types of solutions that were applied that didn't work, the types that were, the kinds of activity going on. And uh, over the course of years, uh, I built up profiles and patterns that all point to the gin. So... Uh, that led to my first book on the gin, which uh, I co-authored, and that was called The Vengeful Gin. That came out in 2011. And that was a book intended to acquaint the Western audience, especially the paranormal enthusiasts and investigators, that there is a player here in the landscape that we're overlooking, and it's been there all along. So we need to know more about the gin, how they behave, and how we are able to deal with them from mild cases to really severe cases. I think they're often mistaken for other kinds of entities because they mimic those entities. And now in my second book, The Jinn Connection, I've gone deeper into some of their hidden roles 
in some of our most disturbing kinds of experiences, shadow people, men in black, dark fairies, um, the ET abduction scenario especially, and uh, also uh, going back to ancient times to look for the tracks of the jinn in our accounts of gods and goddesses, ancient aliens, uh, figures from the Bible like the Watchers and the Nephilim, uh, stories about visiting aliens like the Anunnaki. Uh, all of these things bear the hallmarks of the jinn, and I think that they have had a major uh, role in the evolution and history of humankind and we are dealing with a faction of them that um, is not friendly to us. In fact, is downright hostile. Now, I want to emphasize as we get deeper into this topic, and then I'll, uh, you know, stop talking. You guys can ask some questions. I'm sure you've got a lot. That not all jinn are bad, just like all human beings are not bad. Yeah. But. The ones who are interacting with us the most are the hostile ones because they've got axes to grind. Uh, there are other jinn that don't seem to care about us very much, and they're not likely to interact with us. There are some that do seem to be helpful, although everything I've ever written about them uh, from uh, all kinds of sources, uh, everything that, uh, everything I've read that's been written about them from all kinds of sources talks about them as deceitful, tricky, and not to be trusted. So we even have to put a question mark over the ones that seem to be good. Right. Uh, you know, the first that I had ever heard of the gin was uh, I have a friend that uh, has out-of-body experiences. And uh, we were actually working with a, a, a man from the Middle East. He was from Jordan. And he told the guy from the Middle East about that, about his out-of-body experiences. And he said, well, you're just messing with the gin. Don't mess with the gin. And so I thought to myself, what is that? What is the gin? You know, because he said gin. He said Ginny, too. It's kind of like genie. And I had never yeah. had even heard of that before. That sounds to me ever. like a, a scare tactic to keep him from um, delving too deep in any kind of... Well, possibly. Yeah. But I'd never heard of that. And then I heard, actually heard you, Rosemary, on Coast to Coast, uh, when you had the first book, book out talking about the gin. And it wasn't too long after that, actually. So that's something that really uh, piqued my interest when uh, uh, that person had said that. Well, the term Ginny is uh, actually a singular. Jin is plural. And yeah. uh, Janaya is uh, often used to denote a, a singular for a female Jin. For the sake of convenience, and I think this is the way the, the lingo is swinging anyway, uh, I have used the term Jin to be for both plural and, um, and singular. It's sure. also translated as J-I-N-N and Jin for singular and Jins for, for plural. So there are a lot of variations of it. But, um, uh, you know, it's an interesting point about scare tactics. Uh, I've developed quite a few sources from uh, northern Africa and the Middle East, and uh, that, that is the prevailing viewpoint is, look, it's all gin. Don't mess with them because you're just going to wind up getting in hot water. Mm -hmm. This is actually the same 
attitude that many of our Celtic ancestors had about the fairies. Mm -hmm. uh, the fairies were not cute little flower things. The fairies were, uh, or I should say are, because they, they are, are still around. The fairies, from, but from our Celtic ancestors' point of view, they were troublesome beings who had the ability to shape-shift and, and were hostile to humans and created a lot of problems. And the best thing you could do was just stay out of their way. And that is a prevailing attitude about the jinn. It's all the jinn. Well, I'm uh, at this point in my research, I'm not willing to say that everything's jinn. You know, that all the entities that we deal with, with the exception of the angels, uh, are forms of jinn. Yeah. But um, I can see how a case can be made in that direction. What I am saying is that uh, the jinn are. Um, slip sliding around and all of these in encounters and sometimes we might think we're dealing with demons for example when in fact we're really dealing with jinn and they use their shape-shifting ability to to stay hidden uh, the thing about uh, you know it's the the don't go there sort of thing we uh, we find that too in for example in christian religion it's like um you know the fundamentalists and the the, the very conservative uh, christians will say all of that stuff, ghosts, hauntings, aliens, it's all demonic. It's all from the devil, so just stay away. And uh, everything's a deceit. Everything's an illusion. Well, there is deceit in the paranormal. Any paranormal investigator who spent any amount of time uh, learns that very quickly. Uh, there is illusion, and there's a lot of trickery. But these are factors that we have to deal with. We still have to keep going. It would be a mistake to close uh, close the door and uh, say, you know, we're not going to touch that because these entities aren't going to stop. They're not going to stop engaging with us and interfering with us and interacting with us. Yeah. So we need to be as educated as possible and we need to know how to uh, how to deal with these situations when they arise. Some of them are, are fairly easy to deal with. You know, there are solutions that work and people get relief and everybody's happy. And then there are other cases that I have followed for years, and I really do like to follow cases for as long as I can, uh, where uh, nothing works permanently. There's temporary relief, uh, and then things are back, solutions work and then they don't work so you have to switch gears and try something else and it seems like they have the ultimate upper hand hmm. so we're in a lot of unknowns right now and uh, one of my my messages to paranormal investigators is we may not have very good answers until all of us uh, are um aware of these entities uh, or at least more of us are aware of these entities and trying things out and gathering data and sharing our successes and failures uh, and that's really where we're at it's it's a whole new cl dark closet of the paranormal that's opened up to us and uh, we we have no pat answers for a lot of questions that come up Sure, I wanted to ask you, uh, Rosemary, like about the Islamic tradition. Uh, how are the jinn, how are they described? What are they described as being? 
they are described as interfering uh, entities. That yeah. uh, the, these are a race of beings who were on the planet before we were, and they are capable of wreaking great havoc in life. They should be avoided. Um, they can be conjured and summoned, and it's very dangerous to do that. The old Arabian legends that preceded Islam uh, talked about them coming literally originating from the winds. They have no, no, no known form. No one knows what the true form of the jinn is. Right. They came from the winds. And uh, like our view of demons, um, the things associated with them are usually negative. You know, they're the plague bringers, the bad luck bringers. Uh, they're vengeful because they have they're like us, you know, they have families and children and, and uh, relatives, and if, if humans harm one of them, then uh, their clan and family, uh, they're going to come after you. They're very vengeful. So the attitude toward the jinn has always been um, steer clear of them whenever possible. Now, in earlier times, there were um, blood sacrifices made to them, just like uh, human beings all over the place made blood sacrifices to appease the gods. And, uh, for example, in some parts of, of Arabia, the jinn were said to live below the ground. And uh, so blood was sprinkled on the ground to, um, to keep them happy. And uh, this is a very interesting connection with the life force because um, that's always been the, the biggest, most important thing that human beings can sacrifice to something else, to each other uh, and to the gods. And the jinn are still said to like that today. And uh, my sources of the Middle East say the jinn will take blood sacrifice and they take it through, uh, oh, things like accidents and deaths and... Yeah. Uh, Things that we might not, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, someone laying somebody down on a stone altar and, you know, that kind of sacrifice. I suppose that war would probably be a good uh, means of sacrifice. Yes, absolutely. And so uh, we have to consider, well, uh, are the jinn having a role in a lot of chaos and upheaval? Well, there, uh, throughout history, human beings have summon spirits and gods to aid in their warfare and uh, to uh, uh, kill the enemy and uh, whoever the enemy is and we've called upon spirits to do that so uh, it shouldn't surprise anyone that those sorts of things still go on today that the jinn are summoned and sent out to wreak havoc um, and Sometimes I think they're like the uh, the arms merchant who plays both sides of the fence. It doesn't yeah. matter who wins, they win in the end. Right. They can cause conflict. Um, a very interesting part of the book is talking about the shadow person phenomenon. And uh, that's something that I think that you say in the book is just more than likely, it's probably always gin. Uh, it kind of fits in with uh, their kind of uh, mo motivation. Uh, can you kind of describe the shadow person phenomenon? It's something we haven't really talked about on this show, but it's a very uh, interesting and frightening part of that book. Uh, shadow people are what really opened the door for me in terms of 
following other leads about the gin. And um, that's a line of research that I've been doing now for um, about nine years. Shadow people are, uh, there are different kinds of them, but the core phenomenon uh, that most people experience is a bedroom invader. And this is a, uh, a dark form that appears in a person's bedroom, usually in the middle of the night, looking like a tall man in silhouette wearing a coat or a cape and often a hat. And uh, sometimes there are eyes, like red eyes, but usually the figure is solid black, and it's tangible. That is, it's blacker than black. No matter how dark the room is, it blocks out things behind it, and this entity emanates uh, hostility and malevolence. People describe them as pure evil. Uh, And oftentimes there's an effect on people. They're paralyzed in bed. Uh, They can't cry out or move. Um, Entities will often just watch them and then disappear. Sometimes they will disappear when they're looked at, or they will disappear when the light, if someone is able to turn on a light. Sometimes they attack people. They will suffocate and choke and uh, uh, put a crushing weight on the chest. Uh, They will grab people and act like they're trying to, to pull them off the bed. Uh, They're also seen during the daytime. Um, They can disappear uh, in an instant. They look solid. They can disappear in black smoke, vanish into thin air, uh, melt through the walls and the floor, uh, go back into closets or under the bed. Um, They're very frightening. Some of them are attached to people, and some of them seem to be attached to the land. That is, uh, they lurk about in a house or a building, and uh, the people who come and go from those premises experience them, but not anywhere else. And some of them follow people around from place to place. They're associated with bad omens, bad luck, health problems, relationship problems, um, harbingers of disaster, they're just plain bad news. Yeah. And, uh, this is one of the more underreported phenomena in the paranormal. I am convinced that shadow people far outnumber ghosts in terms of paranormal experiences. In 2004, I began studying these entities because all of a sudden I just got a lot of emails and inquiries all describing the same or similar things. And it made me wonder, I thought, wow, what's going on here? I've heard a little bit about this kind of experience, but maybe I better look into it a little more. And that has led me now on this nine-year journey that has extended into every facet of the paranormal. Every time I thought I was done researching shadow people, I would find evidence of them somewhere else. And I... Uh, puzzled over what they were. They, uh, they obviously weren't ghosts because there was an intelligence to them. Uh, and most ghosts are just um, residues. Uh, they actually didn't seem like demons, even though they were dark and they seemed malevolent and even evil. Um, they didn't act like other demon cases where there's a, a, um, 
a concerted effort for some dark entity to uh, oppress and gradually take over a, a person, and it has religious overtones. Uh, and they weren't ETs, they weren't by our, you know, popular definition. Yeah. So what were they? Just some unknown entity that seemed to have an agenda with human beings. And once they seemed to want to frighten people. And I finally clicked on the djinn uh, as the fit. And once um, I considered shadow people to be djinn, a lot of things made sense about the way they appeared, the kinds of things they do. And uh, given the, the, uh, what we know from a long history of the jinn about their shape-shifting ability and the fact that they do like to remain hidden, this is a great disguise. You know, you're just solid black. And this uh, ability to terrify people, I think, is a way of feeding off of us. It, uh, it creates a rush of adrenaline, of emotion, all kinds of chemical reactions in the body. And uh, I think that these entities are capable of absorbing all that and literally feeding off of that. Also, it would be part of the jinn agenda to want to frighten us. If, if they have an agenda of wanting to regain the physical realm, which I believe this hostile faction does, then they're going to look for any way they can to dislodge, disrupt, uh, and, and harm people. They'll frighten us, they'll um, distract us, they'll possess us, and in the most extreme cases, I think they even kill us. But those would be extreme cases. There seem to be, if it were, if it were that easy for them to just do us in, they would have done it a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but I think that they have made various attempts to um, to harm us in great numbers, and I do discuss some of that in the Jin connection. So shadow people, then, uh, one of the things that I found in the course of my research, and this was volunteered to me, um, when people would write down their experiences, some of them would volunteer that they were also ET abductees or that they'd had ET some sort of remarkable ET experience. Yes. And yeah. this was at a far higher level than I'd ever gotten from like people who experience a ghost or a demon or something else. So uh, I did a lot of research on that angle and um, in, in terms of like asking people specifically about their ET experiences if they were if they had a lot of shadow people experiences. And I found a very disturbing connection between the two, which led me to then re-examine the abduction literature, which I was very familiar with, but I went back through it uh, to cases going back to the 50s and found a tremendous amount of evidence for shadow people and for jinn, not only in terms of in their actual shadow form, but in uh, reptilian form, and the jinn, uh, the snake, and the, the reptile are uh, among their favorite forms. And uh, the behavior of uh, some of these abducting aliens 
is, um, is very characteristic of gin behavior. So it seems that a lot of abductees, and here again we can't say all abductees, and there's not even any way to pinpoint a percentage on it, uh, but um, a, quite a few ET abductees have shadow people experiences prior to their abductions. So what is going on there? Uh, are the shadow people setting things up? Are they doing something to the person or the environment that's going to make an abduction easier? Are they spies? Um, are they like, uh, you know, the stalking figures? Uh, who knows? Because the shadow people are not present when the abducting aliens come. Uh, so... Um, it's, it's a very puzzling phenomenon. But we find in the UFO community that people are so fixated on these abducting greys as some yeah. sort of extraterrestrial life form. I think we're missing the boat here. And we should be looking at interdimensional beings and shape-shifted beings um, as perpetrators of, uh, of this activity against human beings. That, that's what you posit in the book is that that there's this uh, kind of the alien abduction phenomenon is kind of like a spiritual thing that's going on uh, and the jinn are, are more than likely um, responsible for it because there's so much with like uh, fairy lore and very similar things in fairy lore and similar things with UFO abduction phenomena. It's amazing how interconnected some of these things are. And uh, other researchers, you know, uh, have realized a lot of these interconnections, but they haven't seemed to sunk in to the, the fabric of how we investigate, whether we're looking primarily at, at cryptids or, or uh, ETs or paranormal phenomena. Yes. And, yes, there's been a very strong connection that's been well demonstrated between fairies and ETs and uh, how it's just a matter of semantics and, and worldview, what label you put on it. Well, uh, the, in both the gin connection and especially in the vengeful gin, um, I draw the comparisons between gin and fairies. And it's astonishing how identical they are. Um, in, in fact, they are so close that you could say they are one and the same. Uh, the jinn have a stronger um, common ground with fairies than any of the other entities that we are familiar with in our encounters. So... Uh, now, I'm not saying like the nature spirits and, you know, they're good fairies and, and all of that, but um, they may be something else. They, they may, who knows, those beings might have been mislabeled as fairies uh, because of how we've seen them and encountered them. And that what our ancestors knew to be fairies, the, the frightening shapeshifters who were vengeful and who, who should be steered clear of, uh, maybe those are are the real fairies that are also the jinn. Um, characteristically, what are some things that are different uh, between jinn and, and just like your maybe your common Western demon? 
uh, you know, dark energy surrounding somebody. Uh, well, how are they? How are they separate from you know, a common demon possession? Sometimes it's it's really hard to know the difference, um, and of course, as we've discussed, some researchers would say there is no difference. It's just um, you know a variation uh, of jinn. But in in cases here in the West that we call demonic, and I really call them satanic demonic because they are so religious in orientation that um, we when you say demon to people here in the West, they uh, they automatically think of Satan's minions who are out to you know uh, get 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 you to do things to condemn your soul. They want yeah. to oppress you and. Uh, possess you and in the process you will be condemned to hell and the experience of a gradual takeover from infestation to possession has a lot of very religious um, overtones to it with uh, blaspheming and um, acting out against religious symbols and figures and and uh, and that sort of thing um, the jinn can mimic that by the way and uh, I do think that some of our demonic cases uh, are, are jinn cases. Um, and maybe this is how the jinn entertain themselves. But um, the jinn can do all of those things. They can oppress people. They can possess people. Uh, and, of course, there are religious remedies uh, in Islam against uh, the jinn and the, pos- and the possessing jinn. And, by the way, I, I do wish to make clear that... Um, all religions have effective measures against unwanted spirits, but not all of those remedies work all the time in all cases. Hmm. So there, there really isn't a universal catch-all remedy that's going to win the day all the time. Um, but jinn are much more self-serving. Um, they have uh, they have their own personal agendas against people. They're not acting under some sort of, you know, um, a blueprint of ultimate evil. It's mm-hmm. they're they're pursuing their own agendas here, and uh, they could be self-serving from, um, you know, just being um, a trickster or you know, criminal thug type to wanting the life force to uh, wanting to have sexual encounters. To wanting to be part of a this terrorist plan to infiltrate our reality and establish uh, dominance of it. So all of those things can be going on. Uh, so there's not just one, you know, it's not a condemn your soul to hell sort of thing. Uh, although um, uh, in in the Quran. Uh, when the jinn are cast out, and they they are cast out because they will not bow to Adam, uh, considering him to be inferior to them, uh, they are they ask for a chance for redemption, and they are given to uh, until judgment day to make their case that uh, humans are are inferior and unworthy, and in that respect, they are very much like um, Christian demons. Right. torment and plague and uh, want, want to turn people away from from the righteous path. Uh, the jinn are also uh, the consummate deal makers. And, uh, of course, there are pacts with demons. We have a, a history for that. But, again, it's all 
or seems to be oriented toward this condemnation of the soul thing, whereas a gin pact would be more self-serving. It would be, you know, how am I going to use you to my advantage? And that can be enslavement of you and your family and generations to come into the service of the jinn, um, sacrificing your your vital force or your life force. Uh, and uh, so those would be uh, some marked differences between the two. And I think that's going to govern how a negative entity interacts with people. A lot of these things are not going to be evident right off the bat. It, it requires some time to observe and study and, and uh, also perhaps experiment with remedies before a good picture can emerge. Uh, sometimes it, it seems evident very quickly uh, if there are shadow figures involved. Uh, the classic shadow of figures um, that would likely point to the jinn. Uh, activity that uh, goes in cycles uh, as opposed to an unrelenting progression. Um, it's kind of on again, off again. Uh, if there are more than one jinn involved um, and people begin having communication with them, they can play good cop, bad cop. Um, so those would be some of the hallmarks that I've observed. Uh, and here again, we need more data, and uh, we need to consider cases from the standpoint of gin. You know, when when uh, we're we as investigators are approached to uh, to help in a negative uh, haunting and entity engagement kind of situation. Uh, we have to realize that, well, it might be jinn, it might be demonic. There are even some uh, fairies and, and uh, troll-like beings who can cause a lot of very upsetting disturbances. There are also earthbound souls. Uh, and I do believe that ghosts are, are residues, period. And whenever you encounter even apparitions, yeah, interact, then you're dealing with spirit. Yeah. Spirits also have the capability of showing up like human apparitions and even uh, in communication to provide quite a bit of convincing um, information. It's a stickier uh, picture and a more uncertain landscape than, uh, than we would like to think. Rosemary, uh, you mentioned something there uh, in that last where you were talking about the sexual encounters, and I definitely wanted to hit on that because uh, that was probably one of the most unsettling parts of the book is the gin having the sexual encounters with human beings. That reminds me of stuff like the incubi and the succubi, that kind of, uh, of that kind of lore as well. Yes, um, there's a very ancient tradition for the jinn sexually engaging with human beings. This is another reason why I think we need to reevaluate our stories about ancient aliens and, and gods and demigods. And with the fairies, too. The fairies, uh, from the beginning, have uh, always had um, some sort of intercourse with humans to make hybrids. Um, and we find in ancient lore that um, 
there are supposedly hybrids on the planet and the, the hybrids have the ability to pass as humans but they have the powers of the jinn which makes them especially dangerous yeah. so there uh, there are these traditions <clears throat> for people to have lifelong companions called the uh, Karen and the Karana <coughs> excuse me <coughs> who are um, with a person from birth much as we might think a guardian angel would be and some of them are good and some of them are not so good. Uh, they have other characteristics like the demonists the, of the ancient Greeks who are also good and bad <clears throat> and tried to sway people one way or the other. Um, so the, these uh, companions often develop romantic attachments to people and uh, they, they want to keep humans out of the picture. In fact, they will work to disrupt and even destroy human romantic relationships so that uh, they can have the person all to themselves. Um, the jinn who, who want to have sex with humans usually will appear in very alluring, erotic uh, ways uh, to have the person let their guard down. And the sex can be very real. You're dealing with a non-physical entity, but the sex feels very real. And it can be quite pleasant. There are other kinds of sexual encounters that are more like the incubus succubus, more of a forced rape-like kind of experience. Yeah. And the um, there are versions of this sort of thing that go on in the abduction scenario as well, where, where people are uh, taken to strange places that appear to be you know, the inside of some kind of craft, and they, they either have their genetic material removed from them mechanically, uh, or they, they, are, they are approached by humanoid entities who, who come and have sexual encounters with them. I think these sorts of interactions have gone on throughout human history and that there have been beings, and I'm including the jinn among them, who've been very much involved with genetic tinkering with us. And uh, the, the jinn could have been significant in, in that regard. Uh, I think we've been um, genetically manipulated. We might have been even seeded by uh, other races uh, who are experimenting with us, and sometimes, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like it's going very well. So, Rosemary, you don't discount that there may be, like, true ETs that are here? I don't. Uh, okay. I think we have, we have to be open to all possibilities, and I certainly can't rule out that there are beings from other planets who have um, mastered uh, time and space travel to to be able to visit our world. Uh, I do think that most of what we call ETs are probably coming from other dimensions, and they uh, that what that's what makes them seem tangible but also intangible at the same time. They pop in and out of our reality, or they find ways to deliberately visit our reality and then they retreat to their own dimension, which is why we have so little hard evidence, and also why um, 
there is such an uneven playing field in, in how these things are experienced that some people seem to experience ETs and UFOs and mystery lights in the sky quite a bit, and other people never do, even when there's a major flap going on. And it may be that there's something in what I call our psychic DNA, our consciousness, something we're born with or we unconsciously develop that gets tuned to certain subtle frequencies that have to do with these openings of interdimensional windows and portals. Hmm. So you wouldn't necessarily, it wouldn't necessarily, it could be like myriads of creatures that are coming through. Uh, there might very well be a lot. And in fact, um, when I've interviewed people who live in very active areas, uh, these portal areas, they have the sense that there are all kinds of things coming through. And um, I, as I said uh, you know, earlier, at this point in my research, I can't consider everything. I can't just write it all off as gin, you know, that right. uh, these are like... Um, for example, 50 different kinds of gin coming through. <laughs> um, but, yeah. um, we, you know, you, various people in ufology have uh, described and documented and, and uh, categorized different types of beings, and dozens of them. And are they really dozens uh, in, in number, even more than that? Or does it have to do with our ability to perceive them or the way entities want to shapeshift, we don't really know, but uh, there do seem to be a variety of entities involved. Now, whether the jinn are working with them or against them, that remains unknown as well. If the jinn have an agenda for the Earth and visiting aliens have their own agenda for the Earth, that could be in conflict. So, um, I... Here again, I think the we only know a fraction of the picture. We know that there are hostile entities who um, are capable of uh, abducting us, who uh, have power over us, uh, who can paralyze us, mesmerize us, interact with us any way they seem to choose whenever they want, who seem to be interested in hybridization, and nobody knows, really, where it's all going. Yeah. Some of the ET abductees are given stories like uh, the aliens have sickly babies or, you know, they're here to do, you know, they're the space brothers, they're here to do wonderful things for us. I don't think either of those stories uh, are the right ones. I think that these hybridization programs are aimed at infiltration of the Earth and that we already have... Um, hybrids on the planet. We probably have different kinds of hybrids on the planet. Let me ask you, Rosemary, about um, men in black is one thing mm -hmm. uh, that you talk about in the book, but also uh, something that's, that's, that you don't get into in the book, but uh, has kind of been making, we had a, making headways around the paranormal community right now, and we actually had someone on who wrote a book about this, is the uh, black-eyed children. Have you oh, heard yes. of this? Do you think that there may be a connection? Yes, and uh, you must have had David Weatherly on. Yes, that, yeah, that was who it was. Uh, and his book is phenomenal, Black-Eyed Children. Yes. Uh, it's a definitive work. And I, I know that David's getting ready to, to come out with another book now where he's um, you know, deepening his research. Uh, 
as well. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but um, I've met David, and um, he and I are on the same page in a lot of areas. You know, we've been looking at these uh, entity encounter things from a lot of perspectives for a very long time in building up profiles and patterns. And um, I, I consider the black-eyed children to be good candidates for a form of gin. Mm-hmm. It, it would fit their modus operandi. Um, they have some of the uh, hallmark characteristics that shadow people have, for example. Um, people who have encounters with them suffer as a result. They feel their life force taken. They have bad luck. They have health problems. Their life falls apart. And uh, the, the black-eyed children could be yet another form that the jinn are using or maybe even experimenting with uh, as uh, ways of getting at us. Uh, and I know that um, David has compared them to, you know, the devil and demons and men in black and fairies. And uh, all of these things are interconnected. They, we could just be dealing with constantly morphing forms of, you know, some great Oz behind the curtain. And, uh, of course, from a Middle Eastern perspective, that Oz is the jinn. Um, so uh, that's my take on the black-eyed children. I have collected some cases myself, not nearly as many as shadow people. I have in the hundreds of those. Um, but um, I believe that uh, the way they behave, it's, it more suits the jinn than uh, demonic cases, for example. The black-eyed children is kind of a new phenomenon. It's something that hasn't been around for too long, probably really within the last 20 years, which in the paranormal realm isn't a very long time. It's not, and I know some people say that it's all made up. Uh, I don't think it's made up. Um, I think it's yet uh, a new wrinkle in a very old cloth, and uh, that... Uh, if you look at the whole spectrum of these kinds of encounters, especially what we're dealing with here, the dark side encounters, um, human beings have had them all throughout history. And even though the trappings change and, and the forms change and our names for these entities change, the core experiences are still the same. Um, interfering entities who create havoc with human beings, and uh, sometimes in in minor ways, and sometimes in major ways, it's it's like an ongoing negative harassment, uh, which is not uniform in purpose. As I mentioned earlier, I think there are a lot of different agendas going on here. Um, if, if you were to apply like a hierarchical system of power to all of these beings that we've been discussing throughout the show. Um, what do you think would be like toward the bottom as far as like the possessive power? You, you know, for example, like a, a maybe a ghost at the bottom, as you were saying, they were kind of like a remnant or whatever. And uh, at, at the top, you know, Jin being the most powerful. Well, I would probably have to put uh, I, I would have to put an unholy trinity at the top. I guess <laughs> um, I would put the Jin. Um, ETs and um, I would probably have to put fairies up there too because the fairies 
the jinn have such a similarity to the fairies, and the fairies have such a similarity to the the ETs. Uh, that's a, a and if shadow people are jinn, which I think they are, then we don't need to separate them out. Mm-hmm. Those would be the three most powerful forms of entities that we are dealing with that cause us the most havoc. And um, I don't mean to leave demons out of it, but um, I think uh, a lot of demon cases are really jinn cases. So, you know, where all that fits together, I think, Mm -hmm. remains to be seen. But I think the jinn... are far more capable of, of causing serious long-term problems than what we see in demonic cases, which uh, there are demonic cases that can go on for years and that also are subject to recurrence. But um, I think the jinn really have the upper hand there. Okay. You also talk about, Rosemary, kind of this, um, the idea that possibly the jinn may have been behind the Black Death the kind of the, uh, uh, the going out in the field and uh, using the, the rods the and things. Gone, was and the coming from yeah. the rods? Yeah. Well, some, uh, it, yes, it's an interesting scenario because um, if the jinn have an agenda to reassert themselves in our reality, it would be their, to their advantage to either subjugate us or get rid of us. And um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in our conversation, if they could do it, if they could get rid of us, they they would have done it a long time ago. So yeah. they're obviously working against either spiritual laws or impediments or something that prevents them from doing it on any large scale. But it doesn't mean that they haven't tried. And uh, we have in the ancient lore uh, that the negative entities, including the jinn, are plague bringers. They bring the epidemics. They bring a, you know, it's the ill wind that blows across the land. That was literally the jinn in, in really ancient times. And uh, so we have, uh, you know, these epidemics that have uh, gone around the planet. And uh, William Bramley, in uh, his wonderful book, Gods of Eden, uh, talks about these shadow figures who um, were seen in towns and villages prior to outbreaks of the of the black death the plague and uh, that these were mystery figures you know back, back in those days if you lived in a small community everybody would pretty much know who everybody else was and strangers would really stand out so these were black robed mysterious humanoids who would suddenly appear in a locale, and they often had these, like, long brooms or tools of some sort. They could even be seen out in the fields, or they would knock on the doors of people, and then those people would get sick. And uh, uh, there have been comparisons of these figures to, you know, demonic figures, the Grim Reaper. Uh, But... Since jinn are shadow people, and they like this mysterious dark form, suddenly it's a very interesting picture to consider those figures jinn, sowing the seeds of the plague. And how prevalent was that? We have only a handful of accounts, of existing accounts, uh, mostly in Germany and Central Europe, of 
these beings who just uh, showed up and were uh, precursors of the plague and were often blamed for the plague. So it's an interesting idea. Was was this a a gin engineered effort um, to try and wipe out a, a lot of human beings? Now. Um, I'm not saying they started the plague, but let's say the the plague um, had its origins and got going. Well, the jinn are opportunists. They could have uh, jumped on uh, on board to seize an opportunity to maximize the effect and the havoc. Sure. Or just to create some kind of um, psychic turmoil that they could feed off of. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that whole death energy and people suffering. Um, I believe that they are probably players in a lot of the chaos in the world today, and they probably have been throughout history. Uh, that if they have the uh, the ear of someone or if someone sells out uh, to uh, the dark side to to try and gain the upper hand, um, they are capable of magnifying the destruction of conflict and warfare. Rosemary, have you ever had um, experiences with a, a gin directly yourself? I was going to ask the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I have. And um, in shadow people form and uh, also as invisibles who do things um, once you start studying these entities whether it's demons or jinn or the ETs uh, the ones that are messing around with us you get on their radar and you never get off <clears throat> so, so some of them have been um, you know troubling experiences uh, and uh, sometimes, um, you know, I have not taken cases because um, I just felt that the beings involved were, uh, they were well capable of just demolishing everybody mm -hmm. if they got mad enough. And, uh, you know, I would make recommendations for, you know, this somebody somebody else who's, better able to handle something like this. They're, they're extremely powerful jinn, and um, uh, they should not be taken for granted, uh, and they should not be trifled with. Yeah. Some of them are, you know, low-level trickster kinds of beings. Um, they vary in temperament and power just like, like human beings. But the Middle Easterners who have dealt with them through sorcery and magic and conjuring and that sort of thing. Uh, they understand the the different levels and the and the hierarchies and <clears throat> it takes a a great deal of uh, skill and bravado, I think, to to deal with uh, some of the really powerful ones. Just like there there are very powerful demons too that are are difficult to deal with. Well, there's, there's so much that, that we could talk about. I think there's also a connection with Aleister Crowley and uh, black magic. Uh, like the, You have a whole section in the book about life force and how the gin can kind of um, you know, leech off of that in a way. 
it is very important to be educated about those things. And um, uh, I would like to mention my websites before we go. Sure. Uh, vision, visionaryliving.com is my main website. And for an eye-opener on the gin, I recommend my site, ginuniverse.com, D-J-I-N-N Universe. It's an educational site, uh, and I have collected uh, hundreds of accounts from people who've written in to share their stories about the gin. And um, uh, there are some real hair-raising accounts there that... uh, uh, I think are quite illuminating. So uh, I, I recommend visiting those two sites. The uh, Gin Connection is available on my websites and also on Amazon as an ebook and in hard print form. These, story, these stories are things that people have sent to you since you published the book? Yes, I set up ginuniverse.com in 2011 when the Vengeful Gin came out. And um, I wanted it to be a, a site about the gin that, you know, here's, if you want to know more about the gin, here are more things to learn. Yeah. And uh, so since 2011 uh, now, uh, people have written in from all over the world, uh, some with questions and many with uh, comments about their own experiences. And uh, I have uh, people from the Middle East who've chimed in. Uh, Australia, uh, United Kingdom, um, um, you know, North America, just all over the place um, about how the gin have interacted with them and some of the problems they've had. Well, Rosemary, I can't recommend the book enough to people. I think it's uh, I think it's really important. I think it's a great great work, and it's uh, it's extremely easy, fast read. And I think people will get a lot, get a lot out of it. It's uh, a subject that we don't hear too much about in Western culture. Well, I'm at work on another book, and uh, I'm, I'm sure others will be coming out with books as well. And uh, I, I really recommend that people who are involved in the paranormal uh, look more deeply into into this topic and consider it as, uh, you know, part of the landscape that, that they're dealing with. Well, uh, we're going to close out this section, Rosemary, but stay on the line for us. And, uh, guys, have you guys got anything else to say? Um, uh, I don't believe so. All right. Well, we'll be right back on Conspiranormal. Talking about the boys around here, drinking out ice cold beer. Backwoods legit don't take no spit. Chew tobacco, chew tobacco, chew tobacco, speed. Oh, God. <laughs> we are back Why? on Conspiranormal. Uh, I, I was, <laughs> thank you, Luke, for that wonderful uh, serenade. Oh, <laughs> man. I, I didn't want to say shit, so I said spit. <laughs> I, I was hesitant. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I think they probably say spit in the song. Yeah, they Chew tobacco. Spit. In the song, chew yeah, tobacco. Spit. Country. If you want to call that a song. Yeah, oh my In God. all seriousness, so uh, what did you guys think of Rosemary Ellen Guiley, what she was saying? It was uh, pretty informative because I didn't even know what the gin. Well, I, I heard about it. I thought it was yeah. really just like a Mid Eastern entity, and that's, you know, that's it. And I figured that was the only area that they yeah, had to well, deal with it. Right. Well, I think what it is is more like it's. Um, different 
cultures have different words or different names for probably what is essentially the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, she was saying that, you know, that there's um, many different kinds of entities, but I think in that case, she makes a pretty good um, case in the book for fairies and jinn being kind of the same thing. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you, some of the fairy stuff that she talked about in that book, like, we're not talking about Tinkerbell here. Yeah. We're talking about some mean little nasty gods. I have so to, if you have a fairy godmother, give it no, up now. I happen to like the right. fairies and at trolls. the Renaissance Fest, so don't ruin that for me. Well, those are different kinds of fairies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Chris, you got any insights on it, man? Man, uh, it was like Luke was saying. You know, I really didn't know too much about Jen or anything. I've heard of them before, but uh, it was very informative. You know, I learned a lot. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you here, Chris. Yeah, well, you know. Perchance you may be here next time. Perchance, maybe. Okay. Perchance. Wow. Perchance. Fancy lad. <laughs> Pretty. Uh, so, so Adam, why don't you uh, kind of touch on the next guest? Okay. Well, we that know. will be Adam Go Rightly. Yeah. He's coming back. You'll be back for the third time. Uh, I gotta come back for Adam. Yeah, you gotta, gotta be here for that, for man. Because that is going to be show number thirty-three. <laughs> More psycho, as we know, is the uh, <laughs> yeah, as we know, is the magic number. Uh, we talked about thirty, the number 33rd degree parallel, all kinds of stuff on former shows with with him, and then the next week with Scotty Roberts. So, being that uh, this one here is show thirty-two, next week is show thirty-three. I thought you know, perfect to bring Adam Go Rightly to talk about the. King Kill Conspiracy, 33 Degrees. Would you be against uh, me actually being on Mushrooms while we're doing this? Uh, <laughs> it might make things more interesting. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> bring, it, bring in some psychedelics. Huh? I mean, I think that might be a good idea. Chris will just start talking about like eating a salad out of a baseball cap or something. Like that. <laughs> as long as I don't see aliens again, because that was weird. You saw aliens? On I saw I saw ones? green aliens. They had tentacle like faces. Really? Yes. And Sweet. I thought and I thought both of my snakes were going to eat me. So Man, <laughs> you've had more weird experiences than me and Luke combined, and you're the one that's like a whole total skeptic and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's because it's drug induced. He knows. <laughs> yeah, well, he did have that one shadow person that, experience. That, at that one time. shadow person experience was not a not a fun fun time. That all. was not drug-induced. No, it was not. I, was, I wasn't even drunk that night, which, yeah, we all know it's a miracle. But, you know. <laughs> so you had some entity try to pull you out of the bed by your feet or something like that? No, it was just like a very, very crushing weight, like holding me down. Oh, and, you know, sleep paralysis kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. You thought somebody had broken into your house. Yeah, initially. I actually thought I that someone had left the door open, or you didn't have a doorknob or something. My mom. Yeah, I actually didn't have a doorknob at that time, so that that kind of made sense. My mom has <laughs> her, her story about all that too. She yeah. seen like shadow, shadow people. Shadow people, yeah. Yeah. What she, did she said about it? She said she was uh, like she was real bad, congested. She couldn't breathe really well and stuff from some kind of uh, sinus infection or something she had. And uh, she woke up with sleep paralysis, and there was like a, a slender man or whatever at the end of the bed. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, he, sounds about right. Yeah, and, and uh, it was like keeping her from moving. She got real scared and stuff, and like started uh, praying or whatever she does, and he disappeared. Something we did talk about with Rosemary because we kind of ran out of time was uh, this whole idea of like uh, the scuttlers. And she re relates this uh, story in the book about this these guys in, in uh, Ireland, 
uh, Northern Ireland that were that had like pirate radio stations like in the 80s and the 90s and uh, they they noticed that things were going wrong with their pirate radio station so they would go up and open up these you know the electronic devices you Chris you probably know a little bit more about what goes into doing like you know transmitters and stuff like that mm -hmm. they would open it up and they would see these little like shadow spiders and crabs kind of scuttle out of the way what yeah and uh, really strange really strange stuff and they said that that was something that that was like that was the gin messing with it you know it makes me think of like the gremlins in like world war ii or messing up with the machinery and stuff like that that reminds me of something i i hate to interrupt that reminds me no i problem. had someone i had someone try to tell me that i need to watch a movie it's called apollo 18 i've never seen it in my life but they were explaining to me about how this movie was about these people that go to the moon Yep. No one knows they're there, and they start seeing these rocks turn into, like, spires, and they eat you from the inside out. And then she was like, it's based on a true story. Uh, what? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't. But uh, you know how yeah. movie marketing goes. Yeah. yeah but, you know, but, say, based on a true story. Yeah. Based on a true story of people getting eaten by spider rocks on the road. Right. And, and, like, a man, next thing you know, a guy's, like, flying around in the sky or something by himself. I mean, it, it, <laughs> based on a true story. It, yeah, it, yeah, Man of Steel. Based on a true story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, even in this case, like, nobody got eaten by the, like, quote-unquote scuddlers you know they said they did say that they felt like they'd gotten possessed and there was all this kind of weird stuff about the nature of reality and it was just a uh, interesting well, we didn't get to touch on that but uh, it was really really strange that's pretty <laughs> yeah oh ghost spiders it's not bad enough yeah. like i've been walking through the woods all day and getting real spiders all over it, my face right and then people say that they see uh, the shadow person experience that they'll see spiders and things like that yeah. on the wall. Large spiders. Yeah, yeah, see, I've never understood, you know. Actually, I take that back. I take back what I was about to say. I was about to say, you know, it's always like a spider or a serpent or a dog. And I was like, and then I realized cats are in there too. Because, you know, familiars, you know, are often considered uh, usually yeah. uh, cats. Well, there's also a lot of that alien abduction stuff too. People yeah. say that they see owls is a big one. The owl thing, we talked a little about, but about that with uh, Nick Redford like, a few shows ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, raccoons are another one, wolves are another one, but owls seem to be pretty pretty common. And there's all kinds of weird associations with owls, like you know, the, the symbol for Molech and the uh, uh, Bohemian Grove and you know all what, that stuff. You know what else is interesting about owls? This is totally like 180 too, but... Um, it's okay, man. I, I've met like a quite a few girls who are obsessed with owls. So have I. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I know a lot of women obsessed with owl owls. Owl necklace, owl purse, owl wallet, owl shoes, everything, you know? My, uh, my, owl it's, it's funny that you say that because my grandmother actually has a, a piece on her wall. It's like a four foot by, by probably about three feet mm -hmm. rectangle full of owl figurines. <laughs> I'm just like, um. Dude, they're cute and everything. Okay. But Right. Uh, and 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 uh, another thing too is like you know I was like well maybe it's this person's spirit animal or whatever but she seems nothing like an owl she like doesn't have any owl characteristics and that's what's strange. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I don't know. I, I ran know. out. I ran over an owl one time. 
Cool. People can say that that was like my alien abduction experience, possibly, but I'm pretty sure I just ran it over. <laughs> I ran over a, uh, a rabbit once because it just like kept running in my lane. Like, <laughs> well, rabbits ran, are pretty stupid. Just yeah. ran back and forth. Rabbit's not exactly a symbol of wisdom. Yeah, no, it's not. It's a symbol of uh, fertility, though. Well, guys, we're going to have to run because uh, Luke's got to get to his uh, job protecting the... Protecting and serving. Protecting the uh, (laughs) water park against the the gin. Observe and and report. Uh, Protecting the water park from people like me who tend to sneak into pools and other places (laughs) that they shouldn't go. Most of the time, I just let them do it. (laughs) That's good to know. That's good to know. (laughs) I'm going to post this online. (laughs) Put that on the Facebook. It's pretty normal Facebook page. Hey, you can get away with it at uh, so so someone said. You gotta let me know. Part. You gotta let me know which like what's not you're working, so yeah. I know which night is cool to do. The only events. thing I don't like is people doing drugs up there. <laughs> yeah. What? Don't do drugs. Hard drugs. Oh, hard drugs. Okay, I was about to say. <laughs> well, Chris, take us out with some words of wisdom. Oh man, what? what? Put you on the spot. You gotta put me on the spot like that. Yeah. Dead air. I don't know, like. I don't really have any words of wisdom this week. I've been pretty stupid all week, so. All right, that's a good word of wisdom, isn't it? There you go. All right, guys, well. we'll <laughs> don't this, be stupid. We'll be back in about two weeks, everybody, and until then, see you next time on Conspiranormal. I think I'm going swimming tonight.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.